the Bible, a collection of 66 different books by around 40 different authors from many different backgrounds. There were kings and shepherds, soldiers, fishermen, doctors, poets and farmers. Some were young, some old, some rich, and some poor. And they wrote, each reflecting his own personality and style. From a wide variety of life circumstances. All the way from palace thrones and bedrooms. To the dungeons down in the palace basement. From seashores to mountaintops. And to the backsides of dry desert wastelands. In their books, the writers issued hundreds of specific future prophecies, all perfectly fulfilled or awaiting fulfillment. And they discuss every aspect of human life, hundreds of complicated and controversial topics. And yet, there is a unity and consistency of message in the Bible, from start to finish, that is nothing short of miraculous. Throughout history and today, millions of people around the globe call this book the Holy Bible, the very Word of God. It claims to be a self-revelation of the Supreme Being, the Creator Himself, stepping out of eternity into time and space to tell us and show us what He is like and to let us know His plan for our lives here on earth and in the hereafter. The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar is your chance to actually hear, discuss, and decide for yourself about this book, the Bible. Stay tuned, and at the very least, you'll hear the beauty, wisdom, romance, adventure, and intrigue of the world's greatest literature, the best-selling, most translated book of all history. But more importantly, God himself just might speak to your heart and change your life forever. Now, here's the host of The Bible Live, Sophie Dollar. And here we are. Thank you for joining us. For the Bible Live, just met uh, a new Bible Live listener tonight, just as I was helping my son take care of some vehicle problems, picking up his uh, vehicle at a shop and so on, and I uh, got to meet Elizabeth tonight. She was thrilled to hear there's a place she can turn on her radio dial each and every evening at this time, and she can hear the Bible. She said, I've been trying to read through the Bible every year. This is so good if I could go through it with others. I told her we're in the book of Jeremiah, and she was thrilled to hear it. I hope she's joining us tonight one more, one after another, to a great family of us walking through the Scriptures together, the entire Bible, every year. We are reading right now in the book of Jeremiah. But first, we always go to what we call our Wisdom and Worship segment. We work our way through the Psalms and the Proverbs. And tonight, we're going to finish up Psalm 116, then also read the small two-verse Psalm 117. Both of them are Hallelujah Psalms, meaning praise the Lord. Psalm 116, 12 through 19, and Psalm 117. What can I offer the Lord for all He has done for me? I will lift up a cup symbolizing His salvation. I will praise the Lord's name for saving me. I will keep my promises to the Lord in the presence of all His people. The Lord's loved ones are precious to Him. It grieves Him when they die. O Lord, I am Your servant. Yes, I am Your servant, the son of Your handmaid, and You have freed me from my bonds. I will offer You a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will keep my promises to the Lord in the presence of all His people, in the house of the Lord, in the heart of Jerusalem. Praise the Lord! Psalm 117 Praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise Him, all you people of the earth. For He loves us with unfailing love. 
The faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. End of reading Psalm 116, 12 through 19 and Psalm 117. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Hold me closely to His side. With love and strength for each new day, He will make a way. He will make a way. Oh, God will He always seems to make a way, doesn't He? He makes a way through the difficulties. He doesn't remove the trials. He doesn't take away the struggles. He doesn't take away even the effects of wickedness. Good people suffer as well even as his only son, the Messiah himself, was not preserved from pain and suffering. But he received it and accepted it as from God's hand and walked through it with faith and with courage. And the same as we must do as well. And we're talking about a great time of difficulty now in the book of Jeremiah. The people of Judah have rebelled against the Lord. Their leaders have rebelled against the Lord. These 40 years preceding the destruction of the temple and the conquest of Jerusalem by King Nebuchadnezzar and the armies of Babylon. They're difficult, struggling years. And Jeremiah is faithfully presenting to the people the message of God, that God calls upon them to repent, to turn away from their sin, their wickedness, their idolatry, their taking advantage of the poor and the oppressed, the breakup of homes and families, so very much like American culture and society today. God is calling upon us to repent, to turn away from our sin and turn to God. It has an application to all of our lives as a society. Both the leaders of his society and the people, too, were ignoring the message of God. Tonight, Jeremiah is going to turn his attention away from the people there in Judah to those who have already been exiled. Uh, Starting in 605 and then in 597 and in 586, there were groups of people taken into exile before the destruction in 586. And Jeremiah now tonight writes to them over in Babylon. Let's listen to the Bible live. Jeremiah 29.1 through 31.40. Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah wrote a letter from Jerusalem to the elders, priests, prophets, and all the people who had been exiled to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. This was after King Jehoiakim, the queen mother, the court officials, the leaders of Judah, and all the craftsmen had been deported from Jerusalem. He sent the letter with Elisaw, son of Shaphan, and Gemariah, son of Hilkiah, when they went to Babylon as King Zedekiah's ambassadors to Nebuchadnezzar. This is what Jeremiah's letter said. The Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, sends this message to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food you produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them and have many grandchildren. Multiply. Do not dwindle away. And work for the peace and prosperity of Babylon. Pray to the Lord for that city where you are held captive. For if Babylon has peace, so will you. The Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says, Do not let the prophets and mediums who are there in Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams, because they prophesy lies in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. The truth is that you will be in Babylon for seventy years. But then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised, and I will bring you home again. 
For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me in earnest, you will find me when you seek me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and bring you home again to your own land. You may claim that the Lord has raised up prophets for you in Babylon, but this is what the Lord says about the king who sits on David's throne and all those still living here in Jerusalem, your relatives who were not exiled to Babylon. This is what the Lord Almighty says, I will send war, famine, and disease upon them and make them like rotting figs, too bad to eat. Yes, I will pursue them with war, famine, and disease, and I will scatter them around the world. In every nation where I send them, I will make them an object of damnation, horror, contempt, and mockery. For they refuse to listen to me, though I have spoken to them repeatedly through my prophets. And you who are in exile have not listened either, says the Lord. Therefore listen to this message from the Lord, all you captives there in Babylon. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says about your prophets Ahab son of Kolaiah and Zedekiah son of Maaseiah, who are telling lies in my name. I will turn them over to Nebuchadnezzar for a public execution. Their terrible fate will become proverbial, so that whenever the Judean exiles want to curse someone, they will say, May the Lord make you like Zedekiah and Ahab, whom the king of Babylon burned alive. For these men have done terrible things among my people. They have committed adultery with their neighbors' wives and have lied in my name. I am a witness to this, says the Lord. The Lord sent this message to Shemaiah the Nehelamite in Babylon. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. You wrote a letter on your own authority to Zephaniah, son of Maaseiah, the priest, and you sent copies to the other priests and people in Jerusalem. You said to Zephaniah, The Lord has appointed you to replace Jehoiada as the priest in charge of the house of the Lord. You are responsible to put anyone who claims to be a prophet in the stocks and neck irons. So why have you done nothing to stop Jeremiah from Anathoth, who pretends to be a prophet among you? Jeremiah sent a letter here to Babylon, predicting that our captivity will be a long one. He said we should build homes and plan to stay for many years. He said we should plant fruit trees because we will be here to eat the fruit for many years to come. But when Zephaniah the priest received Shemaiah's letter, he took it to Jeremiah and read it to him. Then the Lord gave this message to Jeremiah. Send an open letter to all the exiles in Babylon. Tell them this is what the Lord says concerning Shemaiah the Nehelamite. Since he has prophesied to you when I did not send him and has tricked you into believing his lies, I will punish him and his family. None of his descendants will see the good things I will do for my people, for he has taught you to rebel against me. I, the Lord, have spoken. You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Jeremiah 30. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Write down for the record everything I have said to you, Jeremiah, for the time is coming when I will restore the fortunes of my people of Israel and Judah. I will bring them home to this land that I gave to their ancestors, and they will possess it and live here again. I, the Lord, have spoken. This is the message the Lord gave concerning Israel and Judah. This is what the Lord says, I have heard the people crying. There is only fear and trembling. Now let me ask you a question. Do men give birth to babies? 
Then why do they stand there, ashen-faced, hands pressed against their sides like women about to give birth? In all history there has never been such a time of terror. It will be a time of trouble for my people Israel, yet in the end they will be saved. For in that day, says the Lord Almighty, I will break the yoke from their necks and snap their chains. Foreigners will no longer be their masters. For my people will serve the Lord their God and David their king, whom I will raise up for them. So do not be afraid, Jacob, my servant. Do not be dismayed, Israel, says the Lord. For I will bring you home again from distant lands, and your children will return from their exile. Israel will return and will have peace and quiet in their own land, and no one will make them afraid. For I am with you and will save you, says the Lord. I will completely destroy the nations where I have scattered you, but I will not destroy you. But I must discipline you. I cannot let you go unpunished. This is what the Lord says. Yours is an incurable bruise, a terrible wound. There is no one to help you or bind up your injury. You are beyond the help of any medicine. All your allies have left you and do not care about you anymore. I have wounded you cruelly, as though I were your enemy. For your sins are many, and your guilt is great. Why do you protest your punishment, this wound that has no cure? I have had to punish you, because your sins are many, and your guilt is great. But in that coming day, all who destroy you will be destroyed, and all your enemies will be sent into exile. Those who plunder you will be plundered, and those who attack you will be attacked. I will give you back your health and heal your wounds, says the Lord. Now you are called an outcast, Jerusalem for whom nobody cares. But the Lord says this, When I bring you home again from your captivity and restore your fortunes, Jerusalem will be rebuilt on her ruins. The palace will be reconstructed as it was before. There will be joy and songs of thanksgiving, and I will multiply my people and make of them a great and honored nation. Their children will prosper as they did long ago. I will establish them as a nation before me, and I will punish anyone who hurts them. They will have their own ruler again, and he will not be a foreigner. I will invite him to approach me, says the Lord, for who would dare to come unless invited? You will be my people, and I will be your God. Look, the Lord's anger bursts out like a storm, a driving wind that swirls down on the heads of the wicked. The fierce anger of the Lord will not diminish until it has finished all his plans. In the days to come, you will understand all this. You're listening to The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Jeremiah 31 In that day, says the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they will be my people. I will care for the survivors as they travel through the wilderness. I will again come to give rest to the people of Israel. Long ago, the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With unfailing love I have drawn you to myself. I will rebuild you, my virgin Israel. You will again be happy and dance merrily with tambourines. Again you will plant your vineyards on the mountains of Samaria and eat from your own gardens there. The day will come when watchmen will shout from the hill country of Ephraim, Come, let us go up to Jerusalem to worship the Lord our God. Now this is what the Lord says. Sing with joy for Israel. Shout for the greatest of nations. Shout out with praise and joy. Save your people, O Lord, the remnant of Israel. For I will bring them from the north and from the distant corners of the earth. 
I will not forget the blind and lame, the expectant mothers and women about to give birth. A great company will return. Tears of joy will stream down their faces, and I will lead them home with great care. They will walk beside quiet streams and not stumble, for I am Israel's father, and Ephraim is my oldest child. Listen to this message from the Lord, you nations of the world. Proclaim it in distant coastlands. The Lord who scattered his people will gather them together and watch over them as a shepherd does his flock. For the Lord has redeemed Israel from those too strong for them. They will come home and sing songs of joy on the heights of Jerusalem. They will be radiant because of the many gifts the Lord has given them, the good crops of wheat, wine, and oil, and the healthy flocks and herds. Their life will be like a watered garden, and all their sorrows will be gone. The young women will dance for joy, and the men, old and young, will join in the celebration. I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them and exchange their sorrow for rejoicing. I will supply the priests with an abundance of offerings. I will satisfy my people with my bounty. I, the Lord, have spoken. This is what the Lord says. A cry of anguish is heard in Ramah, mourning and weeping unrestrained. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for her children are dead. But now the Lord says, Do not weep any longer, for I will reward you. Your children will come back to you from the distant land of the enemy. There is hope for your future, says the Lord. Your children will come again to their own land. I have heard Israel saying, You disciplined me severely, but I deserved it. I was like a calf that needed to be trained for the yoke and plow. Turn me again to you and restore me, for you alone are the Lord my God. I turned away from God, but then I was sorry. I kicked myself for my stupidity. I was thoroughly ashamed of all I did in my younger days. Is not Israel still my son, my darling child, asked the Lord. I had to punish him, but I still love him. I long for him and surely will have mercy on him. Set up road signs, put up guideposts, mark well the path by which you came. Come back again, my virgin Israel, return to your cities here. How long will you wander, my wayward daughter? For the Lord will cause something new and different to happen. Israel will embrace her God. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. When I bring them back again, the people of Judah and its cities will again say, the Lord bless you, O righteous home, O holy mountain. And city dwellers and farmers and shepherds alike will live together in peace and happiness. For I have given rest to the weary and joy to the sorrowing. At this I woke up and looked around. My sleep had been very sweet. The time will come, says the Lord, when I will greatly increase the population and multiply the number of cattle here in Israel and Judah. In the past, I uprooted and tore down this nation. I overthrew it, destroyed it, and brought disaster upon it. But in the future, I will plant it and build it up, says the Lord. The people will no longer quote this proverb. The parents eat sour grapes, but their children's mouths pucker at the taste. All people will die for their own sins. Those who eat the sour grapes will be the ones whose mouths will pucker. The day will come, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. They broke that covenant, though I loved them as a husband loves his wife, says the Lord. 
But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds, and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their families, saying, You should know the Lord. For everyone from the least to the greatest will already know me, says the Lord. And I will forgive their wickedness and will never again remember their sins. It is the Lord who provides the sun to light the day and the moon and stars to light the night. It is He who stirs the sea into roaring waves. His name is the Lord Almighty, and this is what He says. I am as likely to reject my people Israel as I am to do away with the laws of nature. Just as the heavens cannot be measured and the foundation of the earth cannot be explored, so I will not consider casting them away forever for their sins. I, the Lord, have spoken. The time is coming, says the Lord, when all Jerusalem will be rebuilt for me, from the tower of Hananel to the corner gate. A measuring line will be stretched out over the hill of Gareb and across to Goa. And the entire area, including the graveyard and ash dump in the valley, and all the fields out to the Kidron Valley on the east, as far as the horse gate, will be holy to the Lord. The city will never again be captured or destroyed. End of reading, Jeremiah 29.1 through 31.40 This is my daily bread is my daily bread Your very words spoken to me And I I'm lost without you Well, once more we finish a reading in the scriptures and tonight we're reminded of the fact that Jeremiah wasn't all negative. Of course Jeremiah had a message of judgment. There's no way around it. It's like today everybody wants to hear about God's love. He loves us just the way we are. It's almost become part of the popular parlance, popular terminology, unconditional love. We like that part of the gospel message. And yet remember when God told Jeremiah back in chapter 26, give them my message, Jeremiah, give them my entire message, include every word. Jeremiah might have been tempted to shave his message a little bit, to take out the negative parts and just tell the good things, how good God is, how great his love is. And let's have another song, grab the tambourine, somebody, and let's dance around and get all excited and happy. That isn't what God wanted. There's another important aspect of God's message to all people everywhere, and that is the reality of sin, the reality of selfishness. The Bible teaches clearly that man is sinful and separated from God. Every man, woman, and child, even the little infant in your arms. I've had three children. I love them to death, but they're just little sinners. There is a sin nature. As soon as they begin to assert themselves, it's me, mine, no, it's rebellion, it's me. We are caught up in ourselves. And the best thing that we as parents can do is by loving discipline, help children get out of that selfward trap that they are in to see others and to see an authority above and beyond themselves. Maybe it begins being the parents, but then sooner or later we point them faithfully to the great authority, the creator himself, to whom we owe gratitude. 
to whom we owe allegiance, to whom we owe devotion, to whom we owe obedience. Any philosophy, humanism, socialism, any philosophy at all that says, oh, no, we're not bad. I don't need to repent. I'm not sinful. I've not done anything goes against the biblical message. That's what Jeremiah is telling the people here. You have broken the covenant, and now they are reaping the consequences. The war, the famine, the diseases, and the exile that God promised would come as a result of their sin. Now, chapters 30 and 31 tonight, Jeremiah turns to a positive message. After we know of God's love and then we recognize the reality of our sin against God, then we come ready for the message of redemption. The message that we are twice his. We are once his from creation, but we are his as well by the sacrifice that was made to purchase our redemption, to purchase our cleansing and our forgiveness. Jeremiah talks all about this in chapters 30 and 31. The fact that they're going to be 70 years in exile, and yet God is going to bring them back. Jeremiah is talking to the people of Israel here. They are a type of the people of God. Through them and through his dealings with them, God is dealing with all of his people, not just those who are by DNA related to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In chapter 31, he says, In that day I will be their God, and they will be my people. That is the prime directive, to use a little Star Trek parlance here. That is the prime directive of the Scriptures. God is calling out a people for himself. He will be our God. We will be his people from all the nations and tribes. The time of exile, the 70 years in Babylon, in some way relates to our being here. We're not of this world. We belong to the kingdom of God. We are here with the pray, blessing of the city in which we live, with to live our lives in a way that honor God, knowing that someday he is going to come and gather us up, all of his people together, to be with him forever. The old covenant, the covenant that God had with the people of Israel was an earthly covenant. Israel had broken that covenant. They suffered the consequences of breaking that covenant as well. That covenant was done away with. But God speaks of a new covenant, a new kind of covenant. The first covenant was a covenant that depended upon the obedience of the two parties, depended on the obedience of Israel to keep the covenant. And they never did, and therefore the covenant was broken. But the new covenant... God says he will make with the people, the people of Israel, his people. He will write his laws on their hearts. It won't be dependent upon their obeying outward instructions, but living out a new experience, a new person that God would create within them. See you next time, folks, on The Bible Live. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America. And your prayers and financial support are needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now, don't forget, join us each weekday for the Bible Live with Soapy Dollars. Start today, and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's word.